a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraci, one of the hosts of this program. And joining me as he traditionally does. My name is Derek Faraci, and oh, I got rid of my lyrics. <laughs> All this is staying in. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's been a, it's been not a great week, but uh, I'm very happy to be here behind the mic. Uh, I love uh, I love bullshitting with you about this stuff, and uh, I love hearing from the listeners. So thank you everybody for uh, for being around and uh, gotten a lot of very nice messages, especially on the Discord. So thank you to everybody who has reached out. Um, I caused a brouhaha on the Discord. What'd you do now? I said that uh, I'm not a big fan of Last of Us. I think it's good. I just don't. It's just not interesting to me. There's no hook. I think you and I have the same opinion, which is I, I think the show is incredibly well made, um, and I have no argument against it, and I will happily watch the episodes. But yeah, I don't care about it. <laughs> like I just yeah. don't like as soon as the episode ends, I'm done. Like that's it. It has it has the same problem I have with the Bad Batch in that the main characters are the least interesting thing on the show. Mm, fair, you know. And I think they know that, and that's why every episode they're like, "Here's some new characters, aren't they interesting?" Now they're dead. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, thanks. Very fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're supposed to, you're supposed to love it. And I think if you don't love it, people don't like hearing that, but it's weird because I don't dislike it. I don't think it's bad. I no, don't, it's very well made. It just, I, there's nothing about it that like, is like, oh, they're doing something new and different with this concept. It's like, oh, I, I've seen this before and it's, I was hoping for a little bit more. Well, even beyond that, like knowing there's nothing new with the concept, I think you can do a story that's a concept we've already seen a million times. I think you need to – there's something about the characters that don't grab me. Yeah. I think it's not just the concept, but it's the characters. I've seen these characters a hundred fucking times. Yeah. And um, it's just – I've just – it's not that interesting. Just sort of like the the gruff, damaged man who creates against his will a bond with a child that he has to safely – take somewhere i mean we're um, just calling that the pedro pascal now right i mean that's, <laughs> it is the pedro pascal yes yeah uh but it's great so don't don't yell at us it's a great show it's incredibly well made i mean unbelievably well made and i'm glad that for a lot of people it emotionally connects it just does not emotionally connect for me yes i mean like not which doesn't mean i'm like like that episode the one that everybody went nuts for um with what's his name Nick Offerman. Like that was amazing. That was an incredible episode of television, but I, it did not have uh, the kind of thing that makes me want to go talk about it later or goes, I got to see what happens next. Or I, Oh my God, you know, like it, it was like really incredible. And then I go, okay, I'm never going to think about that again. Yeah. I agree. So. I agree. Yeah. It's, you know, people, people don't like talking, it though, but people don't like the show. No, don't like hearing that. They don't like hearing that you, you don't love it. No, no they don't. But what are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do? I, um, I got to speak my truth. You got to live your truth, baby. Yeah. Do I mean, We have some news, don't we? We got a lot of news, actually. We got a lot of news. We're going to start oh, with yeah. uh, a bit of Jeremy Renner news. Uh, Evangeline Lilly went to visit Jer- Jeremy Renner 
I guess to like try and give him COVID. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we know that she's not vaccinated. <laughs> like I'll take him out. <laughs> but uh, she said that she was very shocked when she got there, and he's mobile. He's moving around. He's doing stuff. So that's pretty impressive. Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. I, you know, obviously I'm rooting for Jeremy Renner. I think, uh, I think, uh, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, the Renner app was, I think really underappreciated in its time. And, uh, obviously nothing like this should ever happen to anybody. So I'm glad that he is, seems to be bouncing back. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. In some sad news, uh, and the Lost Quantumania producer Stephen Bussard says that there are no plans to do a Young Avengers uh, story. I just can't believe that. <laughs> he says there's no plans for Young Avengers. Obviously, we're introducing all these new characters, but there's no plan to do like a, a teen team. Yeah, I, it's hard to believe that, but I guess we'll we'll see. It's just they they've really gone out of their way to introduce every member of that team at this point. Um, more like, are or less. they just going to be the Avengers? Is that all it's going to be? It's like, oh, I wonder if they're the going to call them the champions or something like that. Yeah. Because the champions yeah. was not always a teen team. A teen team, right? Yeah. But currently it's a teen team, yeah. And it's a good name. You know, um, I think it's actually a better name than Young Avengers, frankly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but they really have gone out of the way to introduce most of these characters at this point. It seems wild to me that they would not bring them together. And they've made like two of them interesting. So we'll see. Well, yeah, they've. They've really just like, le- like the kids, like Wanda's kids are like barely introduced, right? I well, mean, like America Chavez, of- she's just a MacGuffin. In- yeah, in- she's tough. Brain. I mean, but people liked her, so that's great. Yeah, the actress seems great. Um, yeah, nothing I mean, against the actress. It's the story just gave her nothing to do. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see. I mean, he there's telling the truth. He either he's telling the truth, he doesn't know, or he is telling a a, a, a clever lie. Yeah, that is that they're not doing Young Avengers, but yeah, they are doing Champions, or they are doing some other New Warriors, you know, or whatever yeah. they're going to call New it. Warriors. Also, a good name for a team. Yeah, but I think that New Warriors is so specifically a team that exists. You know what I mean? That it's a team it with feels characters like, uh, what were their names? Snowflake. And who are the ones with the new, new warriors team that never safe space, safe space. Yeah. They never published that book, right? They canceled it before it came out. It canceled before it came out because it was such a tremendously bad idea. Yes. Um, I mean like it was unreal. Yeah. It was I, real weird. I recently went and I was reminded of them recently. And I went to go look them back up, and I could not really. So it's like, wow, I cannot believe this actually was a thing that they that they are they were thinking about doing. But they, I yeah. guess they introduced them in some crossover, but then they Did just they? never published the comic, and then so I think that they just disappeared out of the Marvel universe. They just vanish. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, God knows, you know, Jack Kirby's done some of it in his time, you know, where it's like, I'm going to introduce a team of like hippies. And it's like, no man, you're too old to understand that. <laughs> like it's just not working. <laughs> oh yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean like, and, and, and then with time, those kinds of cringy things become charming. Yeah. And so when you look at, um, Kirby's like the forever, forever people, people. Yeah. yeah. Which are the hippies that he made. Um, it's like charming now. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like in 20 years, safe space and snowflake would be charming, but in the moment, not only do they, I think the thing is that not only do they come across like cringy, but they potentially come across like 
like they're like, I don't know, like making fun of young people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like as opposed to what Kirby was doing, which was trying to reflect the youth culture, there's an element that almost feels like it's a Babylon B parody <laughs> with safe space and snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they ever pop up again. I mean, oh, somebody's going to, you know, I mean, like, you know, Grant Morrison pulled the gay ghost out of nowhere, right? So, I mean, somebody's going to show up and going to be like, these characters appeared in two panels of a comic, and then yeah. therefore I'm going to pull them out and use them. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll end up getting killed in some crossover because they need to be a couple of bodies to take out. Right. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. What else we got? Uh, speaking of getting killed in a crossover, Michael Douglas says that he'll come back for Ant-Man 4, but only if they kill him off in the movie. Spoiler, he doesn't die in this one, I guess. I guess not. I was kind of hoping he would. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to, honestly. And maybe he does. Maybe he's playing tricks on people in this interview. Maybe he's being tricksy. I don't think so, because he's doing interviews with people who um, have seen the movie already. Oh, okay. okay. So it seems unlikely that he'd be doing that. Yeah. Um, I've said this before on the show, but having read Edgar Wright's Ant-Man script, it did end with, um, uh, with what's his name dying, um, Hank, Hank Pym dying. And, uh, it ended with his coffin being carried by ants. That's pretty great. Uh, the ants were his pallbearers. So, um, you just rewatched Ant-Man. I'd forgotten that he got shot in the movie. Th- that was the thing. That's when he died. Okay. In the original script, he died there. You know what's funny is uh, recently, um, what's his name that co-wrote Ant-Man? Joe Carnahan? Is that, no, that's not him. That's Joe Carnahan? No. That's, that's the guy that did A-Team, right? Um, <laughs> Joe Carnahan. Who, who, who co-wrote Ant-Man? I can't remember his name. First Ant-Man? Yeah. Joe Cornish? Joe Cornish, yeah. Uh, in an interview, he said that it didn't work with Edgar Wright because they wanted too many connections to the Marvel Universe. And watching the first Ant-Man... Aside from the scene when when he fights uh, Falcon, all the connections are just people's names. That's it. Well, I'm going to tell you. I mean, I haven't really talked about this too much, but I guess I'll talk about it a little bit here. I have read the script. I know some of what happened. And I, you know, there was a lot of heads being bumped behind the scenes, but it wasn't about Marvel stuff. Yeah, there was an interest by certain producers involved in the process with making it. I mean, basically safe space and snowflaking it. Okay, um, they wanted to have Paul Rudd say things like hashtag blessed, and uh, yeah, no, like stuff that was gonna like really not was gonna feel dated by the time the movie came out, you know. And there was like a lot of that, like the comedy that some of the people behind the scenes wanted. Not the people that you like, generally speaking, behind the scenes. There were some people who maybe had some bad taste and who may or may not be there anymore. Um, But uh, that was a big part of it. Um, But yeah, Edgar's version is closish to the version that we got. Yeah. Like it's not – there's like – there's obviously differences. Sure. Um, But it's not like night and day. Yeah. And, you know, one or two of the sequences did begin with his script, but a number of the ones that people love were not in his script. Yeah. Um, the toy train is not in his script and the fight inside the briefcase is not in his script. Disintegration. That's not his, that's not, that's not yeah. his kneel drop. No, that's, 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 that's Peyton Reed. Reed. And people yeah. assumed it was, people assumed, oh, well, Edgar Wright put this in here, but no, it's not the case at all. 
The one moment that is definitively Edgar Wright in the movie is when Ant-Man's fighting the security guards and like he shrinks down and runs up the gun. And I only know that's Edgar Wright because that was exactly what they did in the test footage. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, that's obviously Edgar Wright. <laughs> like, like that's obviously something he came up with. But yeah. the rest of the movie, there's nothing that definitively I sit there and go, that's Edgar Wright. So the thing is that um the thing is that the way that it works is that because of the nature of these special effects films, when the movie was being developed, they began putting some of the special effects sequences together. So some of the special effects sequences were locked in when Peyton Reed came on. This is not that unusual with these movies that directors will come onto films and there are uh, action scenes locked in. Yeah. Because they've already begun the work of previs on it. Yeah. And it's not ideal, obviously. And then yeah. once Peyton took over, I think that the next two movies are just him. I just saw somebody who came out of a screening of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and said it's like a big Rick and Morty episode, which sounds incredible. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, because some of the trailers made it look real serious. Well, the, the, did you see the, the Seven Holes commercial? No. Where it's the new Ant-Man commercial to let you know that the movie has jokes. Really? What is yes. it? Where it's like, like they're in the microverse or whatever, the, the quantumverse. And like some weird quantum guy is like, like what makes a human a human? And then the dude from uh, the the good place goes, humans have seven holes. And and Ant Man goes, and Scott Lang's like, he thinks we're always like, yeah, yeah, we got seven. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I mean the thing is that I'm hearing. I was very concerned a little bit about some of the early trailers, which really made it look. Like a very serious movie. Yeah. Yeah. But everything I'm hearing is that it's it's hundred percent remains in the spirit, which makes sense. I should never have questioned it. But sometimes when you see the trailers, you get like a little bit nervous. Well, yeah, I mean, usually at this point, you'd have like the fun trailer and the serious trailer, and all they've done is serious trailers. So well, they really don't do that many trailers anymore. No, but they usually do two, right? Is is the deal. Two or three. I think they did do two with this one at least. And and then maybe like a couple of commercials, which I mean now they're doing the commercials, and maybe the commercials will will be little thirty second bits of comedy. I think yeah, I think that's gonna be the deal. You know. You know. I don't know. I'm excited to see it. I'm seeing it on Friday. I'm excited. Because uh the Ant Man movies are my favorite. So we'll see where we go. We shall see. What else we got? Uh Patrick Stewart has been told to stand by for Deadpool 3. So there you go. Much like Donald Trump telling the Proud Boys to stand stand down and stand by. <laughs> yep. yep. I saw a really incredible rumor <laughs> that originated on 4chan that says that Deadpool 3 is a prequel to Logan. Yes. And that and in this movie, kill Deadpool kills every, or they kill every X-Man in this movie, yeah. but like okay. seriously kill them, like not in a funny so way. You see Professor X kill them all, as is so, explained in, in Logan. And it's like, it's, inc- no. it's incredible. I mean, like, you imagine that that was what they did in this movie. That would be pretty amazing. I would actually be fucking psyched if they had like a horrific massacre sequence. Like, it's just the end of the movie. Just played just, super straight. Like, like the whole movie is your Deadpool movie where it's like jokes and like fart jokes and dick jokes and like ultra gore comedy. And then the last scene, they're all sitting there at like a barbecue and all of a sudden Professor X is like, oh, and just everyone explodes. And then the credits just roll in silence. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so good. That would be amazing. Uh, that would be great. Uh, great. <laughs> well, you know what? Good for Patrick Stewart. I, you know, yeah. I have I have seen some episodes of Picard. I wrote a review of them. 
you can find it on the Patreon. And uh, Patrick Stewart, pretty old. So I, <laughs> good for him. He's still out here uh, working hard. Good for him. Yeah. Harder than ever, it seems like. There is a bit in Picard season three where Riker gets really mad at Picard and says mean things to him. And it feels like elder abuse. Because <laughs> <laughs> Picard is so old. Yes. It really feels like elder abuse. Like, Riker, stop. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm putting you in a home, Picard. It's <laughs> the end of this. Uh, moving on. John Leguizamo says he was supposed to play the Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. This is my favorite piece of news this week. Because, uh, yeah, he said he was supposed to play Vulture, and then they used him as a bargaining chip to get Michael Keaton in. Michael Keaton, who doesn't want to come back and do it again. Uh, but I like Leguizamo's things. Like, I could sue him, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> Which I yeah. think is just... The whole the whole story is incredible to me. I think it's very funny, and I don't know what really happened, but it's all very funny to me. And that they offered him a minor role in, in after uh, after it all went down. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. It's funny they should have uh, they should have had him because he would he would have showed up. Yep, as opposed to Michael Keaton, who for some godforsaken reason decides to show up in Venom. <laughs> I don't really understand any piece of it. No, uh, Morbius, not Venom. I mean Morbius. That's what I meant. Yes, Morbius. Which is like, it's even crazier. Uh, <laughs> I know why. I, I mean, I know. We. I think we all know why. Is money. Yeah. But he like my understanding is he 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 told Marvel he didn't want to come back and do another Spider Man though. Yeah, because that was probably like, hey, we're gonna need you for two months. Right. And Morbius, they were like, hey, we'll give you like three million dollars, come film for a day. And he's like, fuck yeah, (laughs) like okay, you know. Yeah. Probably after like doing Batman again, he's like, I don't want to put on this garbage anymore. This is exhausting. I guarantee. I feel like no one's more excited that Michael Keaton is not gonna be Batman anymore than Michael Keaton. I have a feeling he was terrified of that. I did like, oh my God, what did I do? I'm old. I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? But who knows? Maybe he's really upset because he does seem to love being Batman. All right. What else we got? Uh, Sony and Amazon are making a live action Spider-Man noir series. So there you go. Sure. Sure. Okay. It works. I know this made you mad. Yep. Because you want the Golden Age Sandman to have his own noir series. Yeah, Sandman Mystery Theater. It's sitting right there. 75 issues. What the fuck? It's great. It's a perfect series. Talk to James Gunn, buddy. I've tried. (laughs) He's not listening to me anymore. Uh, This doesn't seem like a good idea to me, but what do I know? I mean, uh, maybe it'll be amazing. Yeah. Uh, But it does not seem like it does. To me, it initially, I look at this and I go, this does not seem interesting. No, it, it seems like, hey, people really liked him in that cartoon. Let's make a show about him. And it's like, no, we liked him because he was like a side character and he's kind of funny. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. about characters like that. They really work because they're not like always in your face. And I don't know what a noir, Spider-Man noir TV series looks like. Is it done like, is it done all black and white? You know what I mean? Like, is that how you're going to do it? Uh, is it is like... That- are you going to do it like 60s Batman where everything is done very seriously, but it's funny because he's so like uh, stiff, earnest and stiff like or is or, it going to be like Sin City? Yeah. Where it's like hyper super stylized. Or is it going to be none of these things? I don't know. Or is it just <laughs> I mean, never I, actually going to get made? Well, that's the other piece about it. I don't <laughs> know if it'll actually happen. Yes. Yeah. Who knows? We will find out. 
And then it was Super Bowl, which means we got some some trailers. We got Guardians of the Galaxy, a new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. So I tweeted about this, but I'm going to say it here as well. Such a smart trailer because it really leans on this being the final one. Yes. And I think one of the things, I think that the endless nature of the MCU is not a problem, but I think that within that, I think Endgame proved people like concluded stories. They don't mind that the universe keeps going, but they want elements of these stories to end. And I think that leaning on that in this trailer, I think is really, really smart. I agree. I agree. I think it's very, very smart. I think uh, it's a good trailer too. It's a really good trailer. It really captures like everything that you want from a Guardians movie. Yes. Like you watch it, you go, oh yeah, that's right. I love these movies, don't I? I really have a great time seeing these movies. They haven't made one in a minute. I love these um, characters. Love these characters. Oh, it's the last one. I got to see how it ends. Yeah. Oh my God. They're all screaming in pain. I'm very worried for them. Right. Yeah. Or and here's, here's Drax carrying Star-Lord as the final image in the trailer. Is Star-Lord no, dead? No, it's Nebula carrying Star-Lord. Drax or Nebula, I mean. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. But he, here's Drax with like a hole in his chest and they're helping him walk. It's like, right. what is going on? You know? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Here's, you know, Star-Lord screaming in pain. Like, and crying and it's like this seems very terrifying to me but then it cuts to him being like oh you know my girlfriend died and then we got another version of her from the past but she's a dick it's like oh it's still funny too right so there you go perfect yeah i'm excited for it i'm looking forward to it i really liked how they were able to sum up the status quo of the of the series that that easily yes I mean, they really did like the first te- six seconds of that trailer. They got you up to speed on the status quo of the series and they made it not just not only not feel confusing, but also feel funny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, that the, is, when he looks at Nebula, when he's like staring at her for too long. Yes. And she's like, what? And he's like, he's like, you just you have amazing eyes. And she's like, the eyes that my father pulled out of my head and gave me new ones to torture me. He's like, well, he picked a good color. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's great. It's really, really good. Funny. It's a really good trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the holiday special is delightful and it just, again, reminds us that we love these characters. And so it's going to be pretty great to go check out this last hurrah. Yes. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, and then we had the flash trailer and a flash commercial Two two different flash things during the Super Bowl. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, suit still looks like garbage. I thought the trailer was very good. So... Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what my girlfriend said as we watched that trailer. She said, so it's like Spider-Man No Way Home? Yep. And it does feel like that. It feels like we follow, we're following one of the Spider-Mans into Tom Holland's universe is what it feels like. As opposed to being Tom Holland and having all the Spider-Mans come to him. And I... I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I have this thing. People complain about the connections in the Marvel movies, but this trailer is basically a Batman trailer. I disagree. It's so much Batman. There's a fair there's amount so of Batman. Batman. I'm not saying there's not, but like, like I've seen this too, where people are like, oh, is Flash in this movie with Batman and Supergirl? And it's like, go back and look at the trailer for like Civil War or Winter Soldier. And there's a lot of other characters running around in those trailers. Like, no, I know. Yeah, no, I get it. And and that's not wrong. And we said the same thing with those. Like, is Captain America in this Captain America movie? Like, and then, oh, he is. He's all over the goddamn thing. However, but, he did get his own movie first. Yes, he did. Yes. You know, and The Flash has not. And no, he's, so. He's had a nine-year-long TV show. I think he's okay. I think people know him. 
but well, that's actually the problem is that all of these sequences of his dead parents, his dead mom. I'm like, I, didn't they do this on the TV show? Like, it's, it looks exactly the same to me. I could not tell the visual difference between this. That and, is not John Mosley's ship. That's, there you go. that's the big. That's the big difference. Um, and uh, I don't. I wasn't against it. It looks fun. Um, I don't like Flashpoint as a story. No, I don't either. So that's a, a problem for me off the bat. I don't like the story. Um, There's and, one thing that's very confusing to me in the trailer. What's that? Is that he says, I went back in time, and because of that, there's no metahumans. But it's like, but you didn't go far enough back to make that happen because, and this is a problem with Flashpoint as well, where it's like, Kal-El came to Earth before Barry Allen's mom was killed. Wonder Woman and the Amazons were around well before that. And like in the comic, the Amazons are still around. And this, it seems like there's no Wonder Woman. <laughs> like It's kind of weird. Like, and, and there is the problem, you know, but this, I guess they change it to Supergirl, but there's still a thing of like, well, why didn't, and maybe it's explained in the movie, but why would everything change for Superman? Because well, you go back to stop your mom's murder that happened after he would have come here. So I guess, you know, I mean, I, we haven't seen the movie. And people keep saying it's good. That's, but, um, that, that's in the comic. That's always bugged me. But here, my argument is that the move, all the movie has to do is do one di- line of dialogue, which is when I went back in time, I blew a hole in the space time continuum and the ripples went back in every direction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. You could just, I mean, that's just a line to just toss off. Um, or maybe there's something bigger. Maybe him going back in time and showing up it made the US government go wipe out paradise island you know what i mean like yeah. i mean I, who knows or or maybe i mean i have no idea we'll uh, we will see we will see we also don't know that he may have gone back and done something else and maybe because he's definitely he definitely at one point goes back to the events of superman of man of steel i mean yes yeah we, we can't see that enough no I, it's crazy. I, th- I think it was on the Discord. Somebody pointed out, I was like, this is like the fourth time we're going to see Metropolis get destroyed <laughs> like, in, the, in these movies. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of times. Can't get enough of this fucking machine that goes up and down. That's like the, the defining image of the Snyderverse is this jackhammer machine. Well, the biggest villain of the Snyderverse is, is Zod. <laughs> he's the villain of, of Man of Steel. He gets turned into Doomsday and Batman v Superman. And now he's the villain in Flash. He's showing up more than anybody else. It's pretty wild. Or he's a yeah. villain in Flash. He's not the villain. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, it looks good. Like, it doesn't look bad. Um, I, however, I just wasn't sure that it was enough to get me excited. Oh, you got me excited, but I'm, I'm an easy mark on that. It's a Flash movie. <laughs> like, like, like that's, you could just have to be like, hey, I'm the Flash. I got a movie. I'm like, I'm excited. So that's easy enough for me. But I thought it was a very good trailer. I really enjoyed it. I think it looks pretty cool. Were there any interesting little elements that you as a hardcore Flash fan caught? Um, uh, His costume sucks, but that's not (laughs) an interesting element. I do find it interesting that they switch. Like, I wonder if they're going to explain why he goes from blue lightning to yellow lightning. Or if they're just going to change it and be like, just it was stupid to have him have blue lightning. Right. Although the flash, the the flash, the flash in this, in the Keaton verse apparently has blue lightning to help separate them when they're moving around, which is fun. <clears throat> um, no, I mean there there's nothing really stood out like where I was like, oh oh, that's a deep cut to Flash. 
There were deep cuts of Batman all over the place, but <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, but there's not much like because they, they haven't done much with Flash. It's hard to deep cut him, you know. No, I know. It's just like yeah, kind of wild that um, it just it feels very Batman-y to me, um, including to the point where the poster has the fucking the Batwing on it. Yeah, but the Spider-Man Homecoming poster had fucking Iron Man flying right next to Spider-Man. So like, you know, that's how these things work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was one of my biggest problems with the Spider-Man movies was the use of... And that was Spider-Man's sixth fucking movie. You know, this is the Flash's first. You need a little something to help himself. Fine, I get it. That was the sixth Spider-Man movie. People knew who Spider-Man was. That was the original poster had... The original... No, the original poster was him, like, laying on the the thing, listening to music. Which is an incredible poster. And the Avengers Tower is behind him. Right, but that's so an incredible poster. Avengers Tower. It's a great poster. But I'm saying, like, all this stuff is like, oh, oh, they're afraid to sell just as Flash. They were afraid to sell Spider-Man just as Spider-Man. They had the Avengers Tower behind them. Well, I think the, the reason for that w- was being like, look, he's in the Marvel Universe now. Yeah, well, I think for that, the reason for that was though, to tell normies that this was a Marvel movie, that this was not just another Spider-Man movie, because we had just had a Spider-Man movie like two years earlier. Yes, and then he popped up in Civil War real quick. Yeah, but so like if people didn't remember that or didn't catch that, like remember the normies, um, yeah. letting them understand that this Spider-Man is going to in fact meet Iron Man. Uh, yeah. Because also the last two, the other thing is that Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 were really disliked. Yeah, they, well, they were bad. Right, but I mean like that's part of the reason why you have to sort of do like a, a salvage marketing job. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, Justice League was not liked. No, <laughs> not like that one. So they're also having to do a salvage job here, you know. So yeah, no, I know. Um, and and then also the, there is my favorite Spider-Man Homecoming poster, where it's the the floating heads poster, and there's both Tony Stark and Iron Man floating mm-hmm. heads. Yeah, which I greatly appreciated. Like just um, in case, it's not just Iron Man; it's also Robert Downey Jr. Some Snyder guy said that uh, the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial was trending higher than the Flash trailer, which I think is actually amazing. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually find that incredible because the the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial isn't that good. No, no. Um, but uh, I kind of love the idea that that might trend higher than the Flash. I, I get it. Not to put down the Flash, uh, just yeah. like it's so funny that this like dopey trailer, this dopey commercial. Um, but yeah, I, I you know what we've heard from a lot of people that this movie is very very good, and here is hoping. James Gunn swears it's like the best superhero movie ever made. Yeah, he he has only minimal reason to lie. Um, I, don't, I don't think he, like it's funny. I saw one person yeah. on Twitter that was like, like they must have paid him a lot of money to lie about this because when the Inhumans TV show came out, he said it sucked. And it's like I think if anything that shows you he's not worried. <laughs> like he'll say if, like if he doesn't like something, he'll say it. You know, or you know, I yeah, don't think he's, he's for any other reason. He's not. He's not been as effusive about Blue Beetle. Yes. Or Shazam, was, which is coming out like before in a couple right? weeks. So, yeah, so. yeah, he's not been as effusive about those. This was the one that he got effusive about. Yeah, yeah, you know, and also in in the same thing when when he first said that Flash is like the like one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. He also said that Warner Brothers were real dicks to Henry Cavill, so he's not afraid to piss off Warner Brothers. Right, like he must have a hell of a contract. <laughs> like, he's like, I can say what I want. Fuck you. But uh, yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he just really likes it, is my guess. Seems that way. I do like the amount of people on Twitter that are convinced that the Flash movie had been made in the last, like, three months. 
because they're like, look, James Gunn has already saved the DC universe. It's like he had nothing to do with the making. <laughs> like, you know, or the people are like, look, he's already destroyed it. It's like a get, he literally had nothing to do with making this movie. Yeah, nothing at all. Yeah. The only thing he has to do with this movie is going out there and and make like yelling at scoopers who are like, George Clooney's back as Batman. Grace Randolph, man. So <laughs> it is crazy to me that Grace Randolph can not only just make shit up, but she can be straight up told that she is making shit up and it does not impact her career at all. Nope. Nope. But is, multiple times by multiple people. Yeah, no, but like this particular one, like it is so significantly like bullshit and like called out immediately as bullshit yeah. in the, in the most significant way possible. And I, it's like crazy to me. I don't know. It's, well, I mean, Gunn did the same thing when she said that Bane was in suicide squad and he's like, no, no, he's not. And, and he's not in it at all. And she's like, I, well, he, you may say he's not in it at all, but I'm told that he's got a small uh, one line at the end of the movie. And he's like, I made the movie. <laughs> what do you, who told you this? Like, you know, Oh my god! And 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 with the uh, I forgot what her thing with Birds of Prey was, but she also said about Birds of Prey, and then the director came. I was like, "No, you're full of shit." <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's not happening. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like at some point, you think people are like I don't think this lady knows what she's talking about. I think she's, sometimes she makes some assumptions that turn out to be correct. She makes some educated guesses, right? And sometimes she's just making some stuff up. No, it's a, she's almost always making stuff up. Yeah. Um, and also she's like somehow just, she's disturbed is the other thing. She's not a, she, she's not, she's not, she, she's not okay in my, in my, my professional estimation, but, um, you know, she makes a living at it. Apparently a good living too. So maybe I should start making shit up over here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So today um, too for giant freaking giant freaking robot was like, Bane will be in peacemaker season two. And James can respond. He's like, I haven't even started writing it yet. <laughs> like, like, I don't know who told you that, but even I don't know who's going to be in Peacemaker season two. Yet. <laughs> so, you know, that is amazing. Yes. But I, the flash trailer and the, even I, I enjoyed the trailer. I liked the commercial better. I thought the commercial, I, I saw the better. commercial, the commercial that would bother you is more Batman stuff. But, uh, cause they show like, all his different costumes from throughout the years. And it's pretty Do you cool. know what I did not like in the trailer? I did not like when the flash faints upon meeting Batman. No, no, I thought that was bad. Okay. And, uh, I also thought when they say, I did think Batman? the shot of, of him coming out and be like, yeah, I'm Batman. Looked like it was for like a chase card commercial. Or something. It hundred percent did. And yeah. also it, it felt like he was channeling, not Batman, but John wick. You think yeah. So? I'm thinking I'm Batman. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like that's like like I don't like I don't know why that was the first thing. I think it was the yeah. I don't know. It, it did look like a chase car commercial. It did look it, like a to me it felt like something they did, like, hey, we're gonna put this in an ad, but I don't think it's in the movie. That's the feeling I got from it. It was like <laughs> that's not in the movie, that's just something they did on set one day. It's plausible. It's plausible. They were like, we'll put that in the trailer because it'll be a, a moment. And it worked. It was a moment. People were like, it Oh, pop, people popped. Man. People popped. Yeah, yeah. A, a great example is uh uh, Phil Nobile Jr. saying that uh, it shows how much being online changes things when the trailer ran and Michael Keaton showed up, his wife gasped because she had no idea he was in the Flash movie. Right. So that worked. <laughs> like, there you go. You know, 
There's the this evidence. These trailers are selling the movies to the normies. Yes. Not to uh, us. Yes. No. No. So, and it's one thing know. I enjoy by be reading like like DC leaks on Reddit and, and people are like the trailer gives everything away. And it's like, because you're on DC leaks all the time. Like, like you're reading every single thing that comes out about the movie. You're going to know everything. It's not that hard to figure that out. But if you if you just see the trailer and had no idea all this stuff was going on, you'd be like, oh, wow, look at that. Supergirl. Who knew? And that would be it. We'll so the is that, is that is that your last piece of news? Yeah. There's one little piece of news, not really news, but it's become clear that Bob Iger at Disney is going to change things around, which I suspect means we're going to see fewer uh, Marvel TV shows. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I really suspect so. I think we might see more specials. Okay. But I think Disney Plus lost 2 million subscribers, which yeah. uh, is a pretty big deal. And but do you um, know why they lost 2 million subscribers? Why? Because well, the yeah, the package deal? Because they expired? lost the Hot Star with India, which ran cricket. And that's where this was. Like, they, domestically, they gained 800,000 subscribers. Oh, no kidding, really? Yes. Yeah. But it's all from losing cricket. They lost two million subscribers. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, he has made it. That's clear what Iger that said, is, at least. That's what Iger said. So okay, he has made it clear though that he is looking at changing some of the stuff that was set into motion, and yeah. um, I would not be surprised if there's just fewer Marvel shows. I would just, yeah, it would I, just not surprise me. I, I can definitely, I can imagine him being like, "Why is Daredevil eighteen episodes? <laughs> like, what uh, is that all?" Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it being like, why is there an Agatha Harkness TV show? Um, which I'm like, I'm excited about. But like, yeah. I also, when your company is reporting losses, uh, one of the questions is, why are you not punching bigger? Um, now, you know, I think the thing that's really interesting, I think I really enjoyed Phase 4, but a lot of people didn't. Yes. And I enjoyed Phase 4 for what it was, which is essentially a rebuilding phase, which is creating yeah. new heroes and setting up new scenarios. And then in Phase 5, it's all going to come together. And that's, I think, I think that's a sign of good long-form sto- storytelling. Sure. Yeah. I mean, not to keep picking on the same thing, but you can't just introduce the whole team in the first movie. You have to, I no, think, you to do it properly to well, – I mean, you can't. Uh, you can. I mean, you know, the Ghostbusters introduced everybody in one movie. We didn't need a Peter Venkman movie. Yeah, but those movies yeah. weren't – those characters weren't built to spin off. No, that's the thing is most of these characters are meant to be their own thing. Right, and so that's the thing. So you need to establish a lot of them as their own thing first and then bring them together. And so I think establishing all their own things and then making them come together is going to be very exciting. And I think that people are going to forget how they felt about Phase 4 once they begin seeing Ms. Marvel – with Captain Marvel. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I think that a lot of that stuff is going to go away, but, uh, I think that we're going to see a real change in some, also there's fewer Marvel things coming out in phase five as of now. Yeah. I also think like, if you look back at phase two, people are like, where's this all going? Yeah. Well, no, it's always been the, 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 yeah. the case. I think the big difference is that even as much as the characters in phase one and two were largely sea uh, level characters, a lot of phase four characters are like, D level, like just nobody. D's being nice. D yeah. levels being very nice. I mean, like I nobody mean, knows who the fuck. Like, I love the was. Eternals, but who the f- like? Yeah, Shang Chi, yeah. the Eternals, Ms. Marvel, who's great. She's probably the most, maybe the one of the most famous characters introduced in this. I mean, 
Yeah, she is phase. a breakout star coming into Phase Four, right? It was yeah, people, like, she had like some some profile, but yeah, nobody knew who the fuck the Eternals were. No. Even comic people don't know half half the time what the fuck Shang Chi is. Yeah, although he has popped up in the modern comics off and on. Um, but the last uh, time he had his own ongoing, you know, like he has not had his own. Yeah, before the movie, he didn't have his. He had a miniseries, but that was about it. And he had, yeah. he had after his ongoing, after Deadly Hands, Master of Kung Fu. Sorry, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu was the magazine version and then yeah. uh, master kung fu was the comic uh after that ended he had he was in hibernation for a decade and changed moon knight another character who the fuck is this guy and yeah. I mean, um it's constantly has one series for some reason that <laughs> gets canceled like seven issues in every time there's a couple of marvel characters that keep getting their own series silver surfer is another one yeah there's like every year or so they give you a new silver surfer series and then nobody reads it and it gets yeah. canceled the yeah, dance slot one, the dance slot one lasted a little bit but the Silver Surfer series never really last. No, no. I mean, he's trying. Silver Surfer and Moon Knight seem to be characters that every writer wants to take a crack at. Right. And then it just never, it just like, it'll sell for like Moon Knight always comes out and it's like, oh, this is it. Moon Knight's finally a hit. And then like seven issues in, it's like, oh no, it's back to like nobody buying it. Like, I don't know why, but the sales always just drop on Moon Knight very quickly. You know? Well, one of the things about Moon Knight, I think is interesting. He reminds me of, um, Nightwing. Which I mean, Nightwing every time has had two series and each one has gone over a hundred issues. You no, know, what so, I mean is that every time somebody comes on Nightwing, they do the same thing that people do with Moon Knight, which is they go, I'm going to redefine this character. You're not going to see him the same way you've ever seen him before. Well, um, the, the thing with Nightwing is writers come on and say, I'm going to show you why he's different than Batman. Right. But that's the thing. That's what they and, do every time. And, and so with Moon Knight, everybody's trying the, to redefine the, the character. The current Nightwing series, by the way, is fantastic. I'm I'm sure it's I've great. never liked Nightwing. I am loving the current series because it's not doing that. It's not like, I'm going to show you why he's not Batman. It's not what the story is. It's, it's I'm going to show you why Nightwing's awesome is what the story is. So I appreciate that. No, I'm sure it's great. But I just think that he's these are characters that for whatever reason, every time somebody comes in onto them, they're always – they always go, I'm going to really redefine this guy. I'm going to do a different yeah. thing. That, like, I'm going to really show you him in a new light. And that's rarely what people do with Spider-Man. You know what I yes. mean? They come on, they might say, I'm going to show you Aunt May in a different light. But they never go, this is going to really redefine Spider-Man. But Moon Knight's a, a character that has, has had so few definitive versions. Yes. <laughs> because everybody's trying to redefine him all the time. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's crazy that he got a TV show. And it's a great TV show. Yeah. It was very good. I enjoyed it very much. Me too. All right. I mean, that is one thing that's interesting is with these new characters that they've introduced is how many of them don't have, like, A, have been around for a long time, but B, don't have much of a background to, to pull from for the comics, you know? Like, right. like Captain America, I mean, yes, Winter Soldier was a very new story. Civil War is a very new story. But they had 60, 70, 80 years of, of Captain America stories and characters to pull from if they wanted to, where She-Hulk's been around for a long time, but... There's not really no one's in there like this is the She-Hulk story everyone's got to read. You know, well, the like, funny thing with She-Hulk is that it's not the story; it's the tone. So that yeah. that's what they pulled from. But that's, I would yeah. say that like America Chavez is a character that has almost no definitive stories. Yeah, I couldn't tell um, really anything about her. Yeah, I mean, like, and uh, Ms. Marvel is a character I think who doesn't have a ton of definitive stories. She has no, good stories. She, She's an enjoyable character. And yeah. She has good characters. But like it isn't like when you're doing an Iron Man movie, the first thing everybody said is, is he going to be an alcoholic? You know, like there's no defining, you know, Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man. Like there's no thing that you're when you're de well, developing Ms. Marvel, you go, well, they got to do this. I know. I know they did as a, like kind of a gag kind of thing, but there's nothing 
for these characters where you can go serpent society and everyone's going to go, Oh my God. Right. You know? And I wonder how that will affect things. Like, well, that's just because they're new. I mean, that's not even because there's anything yeah. wrong with them. They're no, just a little no. new. Yeah. Um, and the nature of comic book storytelling now is, does not give a lot of these characters space to create iconic stories. Yes. They're always trapped in crossovers. Um, but I, you know, I mean, you know, it's interesting because they're going to have a lot more freedom with some of these characters to really just play around with. Like, yes, as always, the movies really redefine the characters for the comics. The comics always follow the movies. But with the, some of these newer characters, they're just going to really redefine the characters. Yeah. Yeah. There's just not much to grab onto with them. So they can kind of do what they want. And they don't have longstanding, dedicated fan bases that will freak out so much. You know? Some of them do. I mean, obviously, Ms. Marvel does. Well, I mean, they all do. Like, as, as it turns out, Star Fox has 8 billion fans on Twitter. Who knew? But, like, you know, somehow they all come out. <laughs> <laughs> even though the you know, Hawkeye can't keep a series going ever, but somehow everyone, he's everyone's favorite character, you know, <laughs> including mine. I love Hawkeye in the movies. Not so in the comics. He's fine. In the movies. I love him. But All right. Are we ready to talk about the next episode of X-Men, the animated series? You want to do trivia? <sighs> yes, we'll do oh. trivia. <laughs> okay. How many comics has Marvel released as of 2009? Oh my God. <laughs> 800,000? I don't know. Uh, according to this, 32,000. There you go. Yeah. Or 32.0 because they use uh, periods instead of commas. Well, they must be British. 32 comics. There you go. Why did Stan Lee reject Jack Kirby as the original Spider-Man artist? I don't know. You want the options? Yeah, give me the options. His drawings were too bad. His drawings were too erotic. His drawings were too heroic. His drawings were too good. I mean, clearly too erotic. Yes, obviously. Uh, no, they were too heroic. He he yeah. did not he did not draw Spider Man as a dork. Well, he gave Spider Man like a very Captain America looking suit, and that's not what Stan wanted. So All right. What's the last one? What is Deadpool's real name? Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson, there you go. I almost said Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you ready to talk about the next episode of X-Men? This the here animated series? I am. Do you know what I'm excited to do in this episode of X-Men the animated series? What's that? Making copies. Earlier, when you said, like, with Amman, that they wanted, like, hashtag blessed, and they, like, dated jokes, that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> <All right. laughs> let's, do, let's do it. Men, the animated series season two, episode one, till death do us part, part one. Uh, they do like a real avant-garde opening on this episode. Really? I was very confused by what was happening. We cut rapidly between watching Scott and Jean's wedding to watching Wolverine in a tux or in, I guess in a wedding outfit. He's got a nice purple cummerbund. I really like that. Yeah, it looked good. Um, fighting scott and being like you can't have her and uh it's it happens a couple of times where you're like what is happening and then 
you realize he's in the danger room. Well, at first I thought Scott was having a dream because I it opens on Scott. Right. So like your first thought is like, okay, he's the main focus of this bit. And then Wolverine jumps out and like attacks him. I'm like, oh, Scott's having some kind of dream. And then he's at the wedding. I'm like, oh, I guess that's the end of that. And then we cut back to that. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, <I'm> very confused. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Wolverine in the danger room while the wedding's going on. He's in the danger room fighting holographic and robotic versions of Scott Summers because he's super mad that Scott is marrying Jean Grey. One of the versions of Scott Summers he fights is a fucking sentinel. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was really good. Do you think he um, programmed the danger room himself for this or do you think he had a call in Beast and was like, can you do me a favor and make an evil Scott program for me? That's a great question because like in the 90s, there's no question that the Danger Room is hard to program. Today, I guarantee the Danger Room has like a really simple iOS interface. Yeah. Like, you know, you enter like a prompt, like 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 in an AI chat bot. You enter like, yeah. uh, let me fight Scott Summers in different iterations, you know, like uh, – but I, I maybe he did be like, hey, Hank. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you let me uh, – can you let me kill uh, Cyclops a little bit in here? <laughs> did you see – the thing on Twitter today of the, the 10 basic storylines for the X-Men. Yes. All of which That's is somebody funny. ruining Scott Summer's day. Like, like every other one is, is, is uh, aliens ruins Scott Summer's day. Time travelers ruins Scott Summer's day. <laughs> that made me laugh. It's very true. It's, it was yeah. very, very true. Yeah. Um, so the wedding goes on. Cyclops and Jean Grey get married. Um, Wolverine misses the whole thing. At the end of the wedding, uh, the reverend who com- who performed the wedding leaves the church and gets real cryptic. And Scott well, so does not seem to he, notice. Here's my question: Are they in a church or are they in the mansion? They're in the church, and then the the receptions in the mansion. Okay, so they travel. Yeah, because he walks out and he's in a, grave- a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I imagine it's a church, unless the the X Mansion has a graveyard. I mean, they they could, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it turns out that he's morph. Uh, it turns out that the uh, Reverend is morph, who we believe died in the uh, initial pilot episode of yeah. X Men, the animated series. Gene yeah, um, does the two bouquet toss, and uh, Beast catches it. Yes, and uh, this is our first indication that Beast will actually be in this program. Yes. We also learned something very important during this. What's that? We, we find out why Gambit wears his goofy mask. <laughs> why? Because he has a giant dumb ponytail that you can't see as long as he's wearing that mask. It was really interesting that they <laughs> took the mask off for this. I was really su- honestly surprised. I was surprised they gave him a ponytail. <laughs> like, why would you do that? I was like, yeah, I was super surprised to see him with the mask off because it just they've they've never taken it off. Like whatever they're doing, he's just he, dressed as Gambit every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very shocking. Very consistently, like when they went undercover, he was just dressed as Gambit. So, like, why would he change for the wedding? He's unknown, but he did. Um. Meanwhile, Senator Kelly's becoming President Kelly, and yes. he is. Giving a speech. Is he getting sworn in? What's the deal here? No, he, he seems to be in the White House press room, which is covered in soot. <laughs> from what I could tell. Uh, um, so Kelly has pardoned the beast. And uh, he's talking about like how he's learned that he also humans. He paid his bail. He paid his bail, yeah. <laughs> the beast is like, as senator, he paid my bail. <laughs> it's like, what? Charles. 
what the fuck are you doing? Is that why he was in prison all that time? <laughs> yeah, like, the just, bail? Uh, you know, upkeep of the mansion is very expensive, especially when it blew up and had to be rebuilt. I just didn't have the money to bail you out. I'm sorry. Um, while this is happening, we see a guy get dressed up as a mutant. And yes. then he goes and attacks the President Kelly uh, speech. Um, very and bad uh, uh, security at the White House. Unbelievably just, bad, especially because this is into the, the, the press room. This is just a guy. This is yeah. a guy in a wig. That's, yeah. that's it. There's nothing else and going gloves. on. He's got gloves. He's got claw gloves on. Yeah. Um, somebody in the audience is a member of the Friends of Humanity, and they're really mad. And then uh, when this mute, the quote unquote mutant attacks, he's like, are you supposed to be protecting us or them? Um and it, it looks it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad for the mutants because Senator Kelly's like, I'm trying to help you guys. Cut it out. Um, the guy who is uh, saying that, by the way, you, who are you protecting us or them? That's Graydon Creed Jr. Oh. He is a character introduced in one of the worst runs of X-Men when Scott right. Lobdell took over. Okay. And he is the son in the comics of Mystique and Sabretooth. Really? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Okay. I don't know what they're going to do with him here. I didn't know I'm not even sure if when this – I'm not even sure if when this show was made that it was revealed that he was the son of those two characters. So I'm not even – I don't even know uh, honestly. But anyway, this is on the news and we see Morph who's in a hotel watching it on the news. He's really fucking upset and uh, he is also upset that he's like going to attack the X-Men. Um, and uh, – he starts changing from X-Man to X-Man and he's like, I, you know, but they left me to die. And then we have a flashback to episode two. And then, um, as he's doing this, a voice speaks in his head and says, you gotta, you gotta kill him. You gotta kill him all. You gotta do it. Poor, poor morph. Pokemon. It's funny. He didn't just like show up to the fucking mansion and go, Hey guys, I'm not dead. Hey, I'm alive. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still wearing my costume. I'm still wearing the exact same costume. I haven't changed my clothes yeah. in a year. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the mansion, Professor X gets a phone gets a phone call from Magneto, who's standing in front of flames. Says something horrible is going on. Hold, in hold on, no, no, no. That's not quite how it goes down. They're all watching TV, and then like a beeper starts going off, and Professor X is like, "It's a personal video call." And then he leaves like their little conference room and goes into his office and turns it on, and Magneto's just surrounded by fire and all i could think was like he had him on hold while he's being burned to death <laughs> <laughs> like he's hold on, hold on i just have to go to the other side of the mansion to answer this let call. me take this in the other room hold on <laughs> uh he yeah. tells professor x you got to come to antarctica and uh then the video cuts out but that's not actually a magneto that's actually morph pretending yeah, to be in magneto. front of a tv screen yes he's in front of the volume yeah it's first use of the volume <laughs> Uh, later on, this technology was used for the Mandalorian, very famously. Um, meanwhile, uh, Gambit, Wolverine, and Beast go to a bar to play pool. And you know what? Beast, Beast put on a fucking shirt. Beast is naked. <laughs> like, it's crazy. There's his underwear in the bar. Put on some pants. Put on some shoes. It is so nuts that he's got no clothes on. It really annoyed me. Really, really bothered me. He always looks cool when he has clothes on too. Like that's the he other does. thing. Like, like earlier uh, when he was in the tux, he looked great. Yeah, and like they so they have the model. Like it's not yeah. like they can't figure out how to do it. Um, 
one of the bartenders or the waitress or whatever recognizes him. She's like a real down home girl. And uh, she's very excited because he knows the president. And uh, Beast is like, yeah, we're like brothers. <laughs> Wolverine's like, I can see the resemblance. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but uh, while this is happening, fucking Friends of Humanity blow up the wall of the bar. And uh, there's they're attacking. They're all dressed like guardian angels. Yes. Or, or, or characters from the warriors. Yeah. They all have like vests and berets. Yeah. It's a good look, tra- frankly. It stands out. You, you recognize it right away. There's been other anti-mutant attacks. We've seen there's other anti-mutant attacks been happening. They attack a uh, mole man, Hans mole man, I guess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a normal mutant. <laughs> I'm just a sad old man. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know who that guy like is. <laughs> he looked like the big, I was like, Oh, it's Chaka. I guess that that guy's name is mole. I'm looking there it up right here. That's it. And he's, that's it. He's in nothing else. I don't know that he's a character from the comics or not. We also see a couple of the, um, Morlocks getting chased. One of them uh, turns into a trash can. Trash can. <laughs> I like that very much. <laughs> so, uh, the X-Men at the bar have to fight this anti-mutant mob and, uh, they have laser guns. Yes. And at one point beast grabs a laser gun. And then when the guys try to get away, Beast grabs the back of the car so that they cannot drive away. I'm not sure to what end. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking with that. Because nothing comes of that, right? No, Wolverine he doesn't jumps on top of the them. car, rips open the top, and then they all just get out of the top and run away. So. <laughs> I don't fully understand. Uh, the, the X-Men really have only themselves to blame for what occurs next, frankly. Well, yeah, because throughout it, we're watching the one dude standing behind a, a mailbox with another guy with a camera, and he's going, film it, film it. <laughs> Like, dude, creepy. You were weird. Uh, when uh, they get back to the mansion, Professor X has put Storm in charge, and uh, they put on the news, and on the news, Beast, the footage is there of Beast holding a gun and then cuts to him attacking the car. They've edited the news. It's fake news. It's it's it's, it's disinformation. Project, it's Project Veritas or whatever they're called. It is Project Veritas. It's totally yeah. Project Veritas. This is where they got the idea from. For fucking Friends of Humanity. <laughs> now they're going to put out a bad song. Friends of Humanity are going to put out a bad video. That was incredible. That was fantastic. That was un- – these that. guys are such clowns. It's I, I can't believe – that the guys that are going to put us in concentration camps are such clowns. That's like the hardest part about all this. <laughs> There's just such dorks. But you know what? They're all like failed musical theater guys. You or know what comedians. though? I, I just listened to a very good podcast series about the rise of the Nazis and it's exactly the same thing with the Nazis. Everybody's like, these guys are dorks. And yeah. then all of a sudden they're fucking kill 6 million people. So yeah. uh, uh, read the book uh, in the garden of beasts by Eric Larson. And that's what it's all about is the U.S. ambassador to Germany being like, hey, these Nazis are a real problem. And everybody in the U.S. being like, no, they're not. They're losers. <laughs> and then like the Nazis take over and they're, and they're like, hey, ambassador, why didn't you warn us about this? <laughs> <laughs> kept sending you letters. It's a very good book, though. It was a fantastic book. Um, so now novelist. Wolverine is real mad about this. He leaves the mansion. And as he leaves, Morph shows up and delivers the immortal line for the episode. Making coffees. <laughs> I couldn't believe he did that. I really couldn't believe it. It's like, wow. That Making is coffees. Uh, that it is really crazy. 
It's truly crazy. <laughs> it's like such a fucking flashback. And you know, I think it's funny is that I wonder, I mean, I'm assuming younger people today that might watch this on Disney plus have no fucking clue. Yeah. I thought that, that too. But then I was like, you know, when I was a kid and I was watching like old Looney Tunes cartoons and all of a sudden he turns into like Clark Gable or whatever. I had no idea what the joke was. You know, I didn't get it, but I knew it was See, something I, funny. I disagree. I think that you got enough of it because you knew who Clark Gable was. I think I had this interesting when conversation. I, was like eight, I didn't know who Clark Gable was when I was You eight. probably had seen him in, on TV shows, though, um, or t- on, on movies on TV. Because here's the thing. one of the I had this interesting conversation. I can't remember what the – oh, it was this person who tweeted a very crazy thing. And they tweeted that – um, public health is a bourgeois neoliberal concept. Yeah. And they said um, it's safetyism. And you could, and the only reason why anybody cares is because they need to protect people to serve the government. And he said that's why the school lunch, healthy school lunch thing happened during the Iraq war. Yeah. The thing is, so I was like, I read this, I was like, what? Huh? That happened when I was in school. And I was definitely. Well, exactly. So there's a generation though that grew up, that has now grown up, that is no knowledge of anything that came before them because they we grew up everybody up to up to the millennials grew up watching reruns yeah and when you watch reruns you end up absorbing elements of the past yeah this generation that grew up past reruns because nobody watches reruns anymore nobody watches terrestrial tv nobody's watched terrestrial tv for years now yeah. um they have true. no cbs does very well with the 90 year olds <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's it, though. The young people yeah. don't. So yeah. they have no connection to the past. So th- this generation, a lot of them think that they've invented everything because they don't know that this stuff has already happened or they don't – this person didn't know that there had been a healthy school lunch movement. That Like one of the things in the 80s was Ronald Reagan claiming that uh, ketchup was a vegetable. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. – so like – but they, this person doesn't know that because there's a line. There's a wall between them and the past. Yeah. And so that's why I think a lot of young people would have no fucking clue what making copies is. Yeah. I, no, I, I agree. I don't think they would know what making copies is. I, at least I don't think – I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But it's definitely something that I thought of. Like when you watch old Looney Tunes cartoons or watch any of those, there's a lot of jokes in there that are like definitively of the moment. Yeah. You know? But you learn and about the moment through it. Is. That's part of how you learn about it. Yes. Yes. I mean, The Simpsons, too. A lot of The Simpsons is of the moment jokes, right? Right. Like, you know, so – and South Park. And, you know, like a lot of shows do that. But so uh, it's just so odd to see one like this is shocking. Yeah. So while I was looking for the making copies clip, I found this making copies clip. Are you ready for this? Yep. Jesus. <laughs> Making copies. How rich? The Christmeister. 500 copies for the Lamb of God. So that is from an SNL sketch in which Michael Myers placed David Koresh at the Waco siege. Really? Wow. Because the Waco siege took place over the course of months. Yes. Yeah. So this sketch aired in March and the fire happened in April. <laughs> so wow. 
it's so incredible. Like I forgot that this even happened. Like I forgot that this sketch aired. And in the sketch, it's 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 uh, Michael Myers on the phone with Ted Koppel saying, "I am Jesus Christ. I am the reborn. I have a statement. If you put my statement out, I will let all of the people here in the compound go." And then he goes into the next room to photocopy the statement, and then he runs into the Richmeister in there. <laughs> incredible premise for a sketch except that like 30 days later it would become unbearably tasteless well if i remember correctly the show studio 60 and the sunset strip did this sketch but in theirs when they did it they did like like a play on this where it's like you know because that show was saturday night live but serious was the whole point of that show yeah yeah and on that it was like on the night that they were doing that sketch that's when like the atf like went in and everything caught fire and all the people died. So like they were doing it on the night that everyone dies and they're like, we can't do this sketch. It's we should never have done it. <laughs> if I remember, it's been a while since I watched studio 60. It was probably a similar, it may not have been Waco, yeah. but it was probably a similar thing. No, studio what, 60. Oh, because, because it was years and years later. I mean, this is yeah in the two thousands and whatnot, but like, you know, it was definitely like they were playing on that idea. Right. It was a Waco inspired. <clears throat> yeah, they did. Studio 60 had one good sketch. In, in their fake sketches that was always like, I can't believe nobody made that, which was, uh, to catch a predator, but it's Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus comes down the chimney and the, to catch a predator guy is there. He's like, what are you doing in this kid's house? And he's like, I come to give gifts. And I was like, that's a funny idea. That's actually a funny idea. I enjoyed that. They can put that in violent night too. There you go. There you go. Um, I also so thought more 60 was going to last longer than 30 rock shows. What I know. <laughs> They both, it was, they both premiered the same week. I know. There was no way. There's no way. Studio 60 was so bad. It was well, like, so bad. I was like, I was like, come on, Aaron Sorkin. This is going to, this is going to be the hit. 30 rocks. The, that's going to go anywhere. The first episode builds up to a fucking Rogers and Hammerstein parody. Like it's crazy. Oh yeah. It's like it's legitimately insane. insane. It's completely insane. <laughs> who was it? I can't remember who it was, but somebody's like talking about it. Some comedian or, or, or writer for sitcoms was like like the first episode the writers hold a, a press conference like what world is there a press conference that writers hold <laughs> like, like yeah man yeah, that makes yeah that is all um so more morph sneaks into the mansion as wolverine and then he uh changes into rogue and he goes to gambit and says hey listen i've been lying all this time i actually can touch people in fact i'm gonna want you to touch me all over go meet me in the rec room for some reason rogue is sleeping in the rec room <laughs> she goes to take a nap in there. I don't fully understand what happens. It made me wonder for a moment. I was like, do they have rooms? Or do they just sleep randomly in random rooms? They just the sleep mansion? wherever they can find space. Yeah. I mean, Wolverine has a room. We've seen it. it, it um, yeah, we've seen, but it was like barren. So I was like, maybe this is like train spotting where they just like sleep wherever. They're sleeping uh, in the hallways and stuff. Who knows? Like, is it like a deleted scene where Morph knocks her out or something? Like, it's like so weird. No, because there's a bit with her and and uh, Jubilee where she's like, "I'm gonna go take a nap," and she walks mm. out, and then she comes walking back in, and Jubilee's like, "I thought you left." That's right. You're right. Yeah. So Morph convinces Gambit to go kiss Rogue, and uh, th- this means that Rogue absorbs Gambit's powers, and then um, he turns and then into very important. She cannot control them. Everything she touches explodes. Keep that turns in mind for into later. Gambit explosions. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, then uh, he turns into Storm. And he goes and tells Jubilee there's been an anti-mutant attack. We need you to go take care of it all by yourself. Yes. <laughs> Which Jubilee does not even blink at this. Nope. She's like, great, perfect. Great, finally. 
Uh, Beast is in the danger room and Morph makes it more dangerous. And locks it's Beast. a giant dial. <laughs> it was yep. the biggest dial I've ever seen. It's very good. More danger. <laughs> so hard. It was like easy, medium, more danger. I love this show so much. <laughs> it's so goofy, like, but it's so earnestly goofy. I love it. It, it is very earnestly goofy. Um, yeah. There's an anti-mutant mob that is um, about to attack this mutant counseling center. We had earlier in the episode seen like a little montage of attacks on mutant things. Yeah. Or like places where mutants were welcome. In fact, there's like a sign that says mutants welcome here and they, they set it on fire. What's great about the 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 news montage is as the reporter's talking and they show like a shot of like these friends of humanity's throwing like grenades into buildings. And she's like, they say they were attacked first. It's like, no, they're throwing grenades into buildings, lady. I think we know what's going on. <laughs> we can totally can tell. Um, <laughs> storm, the real storm and rogue show up to deal with the mob. Well, before um, that, this is very important. Before that rogue walks into like their conference room where storm is carrying gambit. And it's like, everything I touch explodes. It's like, well, why are you carrying gambit? I think that she means with her bare hands, right? I guess. I know. I maybe not. I don't think I don't, that's the case. I think it works through her gloves, right? Her yeah. gloves should fucking explode. Yeah. All I know is she's like, everything I touch explodes and she's carrying Gambit. I was like, you're going to kill me. <laughs> that does seem dangerous. <laughs> Unless this Gambit's power not work on, on organic material. Like, I don't know. Hmm. That's an actually interesting point. It may not. Yeah. I don't I know no off idea. the top of my head. Because yeah, I guess Gambit, can Gambit touch your head and make it blow up? I don't That'd know. Fucked don't know. up. That would be. Uh, I don't like Gambit enough to have that information about him. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, I just know he blows up cards all the time. That's all I know. So I think that Rogue and Storm are a little aggressive with this crowd. Yeah, you think yeah so? I think. Th- well, we're in the middle of a situation I mean, they where throw a grenade into a building. No, I get it, but we're also in the middle of a situation where the news media is reporting that there are mutant started riots. And they come in pretty hard, including Rogue picking up an entire light post, making it explosive and throwing yes. it at people. That's throwing pretty, yeah. that's very intense. I think that's the kind of thing where if you put it on video, it's going to look It's bad. not going to look good. Yeah. Storm goes like, with the classic. She makes ice and they all slip and fall. Yeah. Like that, I think that's fine. But however, Morph turns into a police captain and tells the rest of the police to use their laser guns to shoot Storm. Full power, he says. Full power. Full power laser full guns. Power. And, and then Storm uh, takes four shots before she goes down. So full power is pretty weak. Or Storm's pretty strong. I guess. And she falls out of the sky. And then we cut. And we see Mr. Sinister watching. And he's cheering on Morph, getting his revenge on the X-Men. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. Morph does my favorite thing in this episode. What's that? Which is every time he's somebody else, the second anyone turns their back, he turns back into Morph. It's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, you're totally going to get caught. They like, do a lot of... takes two feet and he's like, from Storm into Morph, he's like, <laughs> they'll never know. And it's like, what if she turned around and was like, I can't read your handwriting. Like, you'd be screwed. <laughs> they, do, they do a lot of morphing on this episode. I guess morphing is not that expensive an, an animation thing. I mean, because they do it a ton. Yeah, he morphs a, a bunch. Yeah. Like you might expect like him to walk behind a thing and then come out the other side of somebody else to save money on yeah. the morphing animation, but they just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not afraid in this one. What'd you think of this one? I thought it was very, I, it's really weird that, I mean, I get it now. Like, like, like after watching the episode, I was like, Oh, oh or death to us part is about morph and the X-Men. 
it's not about Gene and Scott, which is what I thought it would be, was be their wedding would be like throughout the episode and not just right. the first five minutes. And then they're just out of the episode. Right. Cause they go on their honeymoon right away. Right. Yeah. So I was really surprised by that. But, uh, and I, I wish beast wore clothes when he went to the bar, but beyond that, I greatly enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I liked it. I did think that, uh, I like the, uh, professor X gives a really good bit of dialogue in this episode. Talking about the friends of humanity. He says some people just suck so bad and their lives are so awful. They have to create people to hate. To feel better it's about a, their lame ass selves. A little too of today. It, I'm like, it's really, you know, it's of, it was of the time and it's of today. I mean, it's of yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's it's a little much. Um, so that I I really I really enjoyed that. It was Professor X goes woke. Yes. Um, yeah, it was woke good. A good episode. <sighs> it was a good episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next one. All right, we'll be back again next week with the next episode, which is creatively called Till Death Do Us Part Part 2. They should have just called it Till Death Do Us Part 2. <laughs> right? I mean, it's right there. <laughs> it is right there. Uh, I'm, I'm really hoping we get to the Savage. We, I know we get to the Savage Land soon. We, I, we talked about this last week. I had looked ahead and we saw that the Savage yeah. Land is coming. Um, that's obviously where Professor X is going. Yeah. Even though I think Morph doesn't know that he's going to the Savage Land. Yeah, I I don't think Morph really had much of a plan for Professor X. Well, just like go to Antarctica, you, like you could be as far away as possible. It's like the yeah, like that was his know. thing, right? But like Morph also seems to be working with the Friends of Humanity because he like he sends Jubilee to their to their headquarters, right? So I or is he not working with them? I have no idea. He's just know. creating chaos. Yeah, he's not working with them. He's creating chaos. He's creating chaos to destroy the X Men. Yeah, and there's Mister Sinister, the one like just giving them the ideas. I would I would guess like, that's hey, the case. We'll I guess we'll hey, find we'll out next that. episode. But I would I would guess that's the case. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. We'll see where it goes. All right, we shall be back again next week. Until then, you can find us on the Discord. That's if you're a member. So what you want to do is go to Patreon.com/slash Cinema Sangha S A N G H A, and uh, for just one dollar a month, you can become a subscriber, join the Discord, have a chat with us. Also get the show The Bad Batch where we talk about Star Wars TV shows. $5, you can get Watchmen and also The Bad Batch. Watchmen where we go deep dive onto superhero movies. The last episode was Captain America, The First Avenger. The next episode is this month. It's going to be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Which, boy, and we missed a lot with Captain America, The First Avenger, apparently. We really did. I mean, I knew we did. Yeah, yeah. We did not I really talk much about the, the intricacies of the movie itself. No, we really no. skipped it. With three-hour episode, we just did not get... It's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and then for $10 or above, you can get the brand new podcast, The Force is With You, which is an examination of the places where Star Wars and religion crossover. Uh, but just for $1, you can get into the Discord. I really recommend it. The Discord is really great. Derek is causing a lot of chaos in there, but it's a really good crowd of people who have great conversations about all kinds of nerdiest shit. Yeah, there's good stuff in there. There's good, good, there, right now, like I saw earlier that somebody was making a very heated uh, defense of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, truly insane. But you know what? Good for them. I mean, like, <laughs> I like no, I like when people take a big stance. Yeah, yeah. So that was the idea. It was like, hey, what's your hot take? What's your craziest movie hot take? And now it turned into a whole thing of is Attack of the Clones one of the best Star Wars movies? And uh, it's, maybe it is. Yep. It, it is. is not, but, uh, but I'm glad that this person, uh, who was it that did this? Was it 
It was uh, uh, severely limited. I think. Severely limited. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was severely limited. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, good, my, good for severely limited. My hot take is that the movie Jimmy Hollywood is actually fantastic. And wow, that's not surprising. Nominated for an Oscar. That's not surprising from you. No. No. I think 99.9% of the universe forgot that movie exists. All right. Uh, until then, Derek, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at WH underscore Woolhat. You can find me on Twitter at Devin CF. Until we see you again next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you remain a true believer.